Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree and you are tuned into episode 38 of Hashtag You Good Man. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you share with a brother or just anybody who can benefit from this idea of wellness. So in this episode, we're going to have a discussion on digital minimalism. Probably like most of you, six, seven weeks ago, I had no idea what digital minimalism was. And so I watched an interview with the author of the book, Digital Minimalism, Cal Newport. And what he discussed was this idea that less is more when it comes to our not only our social media usage, but just technology in general. And so I went out and got the book and I just concluded reading it. And so I wanted to bring this information to you guys because it can be so beneficial when it comes to our wellness. So as I stated, it's the idea that less is more when it comes to our use of technology. Now, listen, technology has been an amazing thing for us. Right. It's it's changed how we've how we live, how we operate. It made it's made a lot of things much, much easier. The only people who really aren't uh, using technology 24 seven are the Amish. And even with the Amish, they still recognize that, you know what, it might be more efficient. They found a way to hack technology to, to make it more optimal. Right. And so we're talking about optimization when it comes to our our, our digital use. And so for me, prior to reading the book, I, I, I started to have this frustration with with technology, with my phone. I remember vividly about a few weeks back, I wanted to throw my phone in the river. I literally was sitting there like, I am so sick of my phone. I'm sick of text message. I'm sick of Gmail. I'm sick of social media because it's such a faux connection. Right. It's such a faux connection that we have with people. It's easier to just say, OK, or and I'm a firm believer that you can't get out your thoughts in 150 characters, 230 characters, whatever it is now on Twitter. Or who's really reading the book that you want to write on, on your Facebook post or in your Instagram caption. And so it's not an accurate way to, to not first, it's not a, a healthy way to emote emotion. And for those who consider themselves thought leaders, it's, it's not a, a way to truly, um, get out your critical thoughts. And so for me, it was just like, yo, I'm getting so frustrated. And what happened was once I got the book and I started reading and I was just like, aha, aha, this is what I'm talking about. I've already identified an issue with my technology use, right? I recognize how, yes, I was an addict and I continued, I'm continuing to work on that addiction that I have with social media, um, in particular and with my phone. And so first it was just the recognition of me having an issue, but then I had to reflect on the impact that it was having. So let's look at relationships. When we talk about relationships, we're talking about no long gone are the days where we can have a, a, a healthy, involved conversation. Right. That can't take place on social media. That can't take place via a text message because there's a lot of things that go with conversation and that goes to the nuance of it. So we're talking about body language. We're talking about voice inflection. Right. How are you going to identify if somebody's not telling the truth via text message? It's a guess. It's a guess. But if you're sitting with somebody and you're observing their body language, you hear the inflection in their voice, you might be able to question, hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this individual is telling our truth because there's certain cues that come from the conversations that we have that we've honed over the years. And so there was a place in time. Think about it. For as long as man has existed, we've been honing these skills to get to this point of today. And so here we go with social media, throwing everything 
into disarray, honestly. Social media and technology are phones. Think about the kid that we know. My daughter, she's 10 years of age. She doesn't know a life without she's not really on social media, but without technology. And so that's why it's so easier for her to pick up her phone and to text her cousin or to text her mom or to text me. And it's just like, how is she honing these these conversational skills that are so necessary, not only to our survival, but our 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 desire to to grow as thought leaders. I'm really big on her being a critical thinker. And so not only does that come from reading books, uh, but that also comes from interacting with people because you have to interact with people to understand people. And once we have this disconnect that takes place because you put you place like on a video or or you, you might write a comment saying, OK, cool. Right. That's not really a conversation that's that's taking place and that's necessary in order for us to really grow. So we have to look at the impacts of our relationships. If you're having conflict with a spouse, with a peer, how healthy is it to to text your thoughts? Yes, it's a way to get them out. Right. But again, when we talk about problem solving, can we really problem solve over text? Can we really understand the meaning of somebody's words over text? And so it's impacted us to that point. Right. It made us, when we talk about relationships, it's made us have a whole lot of faux connections. Think about the people that we have, right? We might have 5,000 Instagram friends, 2,000 Facebook friends. We might have 500 uh, Twitter followers. So out of all of those thousands of followers that we have, how many of them can we call in a pinch, right? You hope at least 10, right? I don't think it's healthy for us to be having all of these connections that we have. And again, this is somebody who has that X amount of followers, X amount of friends on social media sites. But I do have a sense of awareness to recognize that my self-esteem shouldn't be tied to the likes and tied to the yo great jobs that I receive from people on social media. It's I mean, it's a good thing to, to get, I guess. But in reality, that really should have no bearing on my self-esteem or my outlook on the world or outlook on the work that I'm doing. But unfortunately, there's a whole host of people that it does. And so we really have to do an assessment and see really what type of relationships do I really have and what type of relationships do I need, right? When we talk about just overall technological use, we're talking about, again, texting, leaving comments. They've overtaken phone conversations and real life conversations. I talked about, again, the nuances that goes with both. We're talking about our ability to focus for long periods of time. Think about how how often we're drawn to our phones. How long has it been since you've last touched your phone? And you're probably listening to this podcast on your phone. Was it two minutes? Was it five minutes? Was it 20 minutes? Was it 30 seconds? I know for me, out of out of instinct, out of habit, out of addiction, I just pick up my phone and swipe, right? Even when I've taken the, 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 digit, the social media services off my phone, it was habit for at least a week, me opening my phone to go to the, the spots of where they were in my phone. How healthy is that? How healthy is that addiction that we're experiencing? And so when we talk about the addiction that we're experiencing, we're talking about that impact on our mental health. One of the biggest things that that technology and social media causes is solitude deprivation. And it's the idea that we cannot sit alone by ourselves for X amount of time. 
for some, some are into meditation. That's dope. That's amazing. But for those who aren't, right? Think about the last time you were just able to sit in your thoughts. It's scary as heck. We've all broken a phone before, I'm sure. I'm sure it's like a small percentage of the population who've never broken their phone. Think about that time period between the time that your phone is broken and the time that you get a new one and how difficult that was to just sit without instant access to the outside world. And so this is what the idea of dim, uh, uh, digital minimalism pushes. It's the idea that, you know what, we learn a lot about ourselves in these moments where we're not completely compulsively addicted to social media, to our phones. That sitting by ourselves for hours is a good thing. That it's a great thing that we learn about who we are. Within this book, he talks about Abraham. He talks about great thought leaders and move makers uh, of our lifetime. He talks about Abe Lincoln. He talks about Martin Luther King, how his time in jail disconnected from everybody was really the time. And it was the time in solitude where he created some of the greatest ideas that he's ever had. Think about the moments of great success for yourself, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're uh, uh, you're in school. It's those times where we're by ourselves, where we truly start to learn about who we are. Now, I mentioned my daughter being 10 years old and not knowing life without social media, without a phone. And this has proven itself in the research to show how detrimental it is to, to not only our mental health, but especially those who have, who have grown up in a technological era who don't know what life without it. We're talking about increased anxiety. We're talking about increased depression, increased suicide, suicide attempts and increased suicide, uh, successful completions. I don't believe it's a coincidence that this is a, this spike has occurred in conjunction with the use of technology and, and, and how we're using technology. We're talking about our self-worth is tied to responses. Listen, think about the billions and billions of dollars they've put into the use of, of these cell phones, into technology, into ads, into adding the like button. I had to think back when I was reading that the like button wasn't on Facebook when I first started in 2006. It was added in 2009. At that point, in two, from 2006 to 2009, all they had were, were comments. You might go back here and there to check the comment section to see if somebody commented on it. But once the, 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 the addition of the like, man, we're checking every moment because we're getting some type of validation. There's something about the colors that they use, the, that the reason that the heart is red. Because red invokes something in us. It invokes a physiological response when we see the red, when we see the like. It's likened to the, the casino effect. I'm not a gambler myself. But when you go to but for those who are that who, who do gamble, when you go to the casino and you put the coin in. If you don't hit, you're going to put another coin in because it's the idea that, oh, I'm going to hit. And if you do hit, I want to hit again. Right. So it's no different than Instagram and posting a picture. If you post it and you get two likes and I'm guilty of this, you get two likes. It's who let me um, let me take this down. Let me try this again. It's not, oh, let me take this down and leave it alone. It's, oh, let me repost something else that could get me more likes. 
And then if I get a couple hundred likes or I get enough likes where I feel good about it and I feel good about myself, it's let me replicate this feeling that comes with it. How unhealthy is that? That our that our worth that our worth is attached to a a device that costs maybe a hundred dollars to make. It's wild when we sit and think about it. It's wild when we sit and think about it. And again, I talked about the addiction that comes with it. That's this is these are all addictive properties. The the inability to be able to leave it alone. Now I'm not going to compare it to the use of of heroin or or crack cocaine or what have you, because we recognize what those are. Those really are brain altering for a lifetime. Your brain is never the same once you engage in the use of these these chemicals. That dependency that comes with it. But yeah, the dependency isn't any different. It's just with this, once you abstain from it from a long period of time, yeah, you're you're going to be better off for it. And that's not going to you're not going to have those that physiological um, and neurological addictive components that come with it, like the use of a heroin or, uh, you know, drugs like that. So be mindful of our use of of be mindful of our usage of, of social media, of technology. But all that sounds good. All that sounds good. But like anything, if I don't give you an alternative, then what does that truly mean? Doesn't mean a hill of beans. Because in order to replace, a, to order to, to change a behavior, you need to add a replacement behavior, right? It's no different whether we're talking about a child who's teething, right? Instead, if, they, if they're biting their fit or a child who bites their nails, if they're biting their nails, if they're teething and they're putting things in their mouth, then we want to replace that behavior with something else more appropriate. So, yeah, we don't want you just chewing on anything around you. So we get you a teething ring, something softer so you don't harm yourself. And the same thing goes with social media. So what I'm going to get into now are just some digital solutions. So we're talking about redefining your relationship with technology. First and foremost, you have to identify why. If you don't have a why as to why you're changing the behavior, the likelihood of their change lasting will be short lived. And so that's why it's so critical that we understand why we're doing something. For me, it's the idea that I want to accomplish more. I want to write a book. Uh, I, which takes a lot of time. I want to engage more and have healthier relationships because I do have good relationships, but I want the quality of those relationships to enhance. So I don't want to just be sending you a text message with a, with a gif or with an emoji. I want to be able to say, oh, laugh and joke and say, oh man, that's wild. Think about this this way. Or yo, that's dope. Uh, Tell me more about that. I want to be able to sit and have those interactions with people because think about the history. History have been shared from generation to generation through conversation, not through the Internet. Now, granted, you can get some information, great information from the Internet, but it's those nuances that come with it. Those bonds that are built when when this takes place. So understanding your why. Assessing your true need for social media and for technology. For me, I had to recognize that. I had to take do an honest assessment like, you know what? Yeah. This isn't. So, yeah, so for me, I really had to assess. So for me, I truly. So we have to assess our true needs for using social media and technology. 
think about it. When we truly take a step back from uh, from recognizing. Next, we have to assess our true needs for using social media and technology. For me, I, I really, even though I use social media for my business, I had to really take a step back and assess why I'm using it, if I'm getting the most out of it, if I'm using it for what I say I'm using it for, right? It's the idea that if you go to your employer and your employer says, you go for work for an hour, he says, here, here's your pay for the day, $100, and you stay an extra seven hours. What are you, how are you accounting for those extra seven hours? Your reason for being there is no different than social media. I'm not saying don't use it, but if you're using it for, for business purposes, right, and you use it, only really need it for three hours a week, what's the reasoning for the other 20 hours? What's the reason for the other 15 hours? We have to truly sit back and do a, an assessment of it. And that comes from truly abstaining from it. So when you come back, you can really have, do an honest assessment, a cost-benefit cost analysis as to why you're using it. And so with me, I had to recognize that, you know what, I had to redefine my relationships with these apps and with my phone in general. So I had to delete apps. I deleted social media. I deleted Gmail. Right. I deleted a lot of games that I used that I were using mindlessly to to just pass the time. So with email, I had to I had to recognize, you know what, I'm going to check this one time a day. Right. If it's an emergency or somebody needs to get in contact with me, they'll call me. Social media apps, I can do that through my web browser. Yes, it might be a little more tedious, but again, I'm not again checking consistently. We're talking about text messages. I turn notifications off. I let people know this is how you need to get in contact with me. So we have to establish those boundaries, right? Because at, at the end of the day, I'm not required to be on call for 20 hours a day because you decide to text me. And for some people, they'll get it right away and they'll make the necessary adjustments. For some, they may not. And so for, this goes for those connections on social media. If you're meant to be in contact with these people, then they'll be in contact with you. They'll respect what you have going on, Right. But again, it starts with us. It starts with establishing their boundaries, not for other people, but for us and for our wellness. And so I just talked about how we need to establish a schedule with regards to our use of our phones. There's so many great things on our, on our phones. I have a, a Galaxy, so I use Thrive by Ariana Huffington. That allows me to, to put time limits on the apps that I use, right? And so that's helped me tremendously. And so, as I said, we need to substitute behaviors. So I can't just go off Gmail or go off social media and just be sitting idly by. I need to replace those times. And for me, that's, you know what, I need to read a book. I'm trying to read more books, incorporate more knowledge from other sources. I need to be OK with sitting by myself as a therapist. I always instruct people to do that. Listen, we could talk about self-care and bringing in all these strategies. But there's something said to to allowing the physiological um, uh, the physiological responses to what we're experiencing and what we're feeling to run its course. So, yes, we need to sit by ourselves without interruption in order to process, in order to truly process. And that's not going to start with three hours a day. It might start with 10 minutes a day. But building up that capacity because you're building up the, the capacity of self and the love for self and your wellness needs because you're being more mindful. You're, you're utilizing things in a more optimal fashion to get the most out of it. 
So we're talking about immediate hobbies like picking up a book, going for a walk, controlled breathing, inhaling and exhaling, phoning, phoning a friend for a conversation. If you feel the impulsive need to want to text, pick up the phone and call somebody. I'm sure it might be a little shocking at first, but again, we need to start repairing these relationships that truly are fractured because of social media and because of the, our digital usage. As far as we need to find long term hobbies, we're talking about physical projects like crafts, building, you know, model airplanes, finding something that gives us a sense of fulfillment once we're done. Think about how great we feel when we accomplish a task. Right. Yeah. Sending going through all your emails makes you feel good. So imagine doing something re that requires brain work and physical work and combining that to complete something. So creating and fixing something it might be a task around the house, learning a new again, learning a new hobby that could be long term. And also working out. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of working out because, you know, it helps during those times of of stress, when stress levels are elevated, when we tend to run to our phone to try and decompress. So it might be going for a long walk, might be going for a run, might be going to the gym. But these are all ways that we can practice mindfulness without the use of technology. So listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you got, you got some great ideas for digital minimalism. And if you're, it's your goal to utilize digital minimalism, feel free to uh, feel free to to tag me, Phil underscore quantify um, on social media. Say, yo, I'm, I'm checking out and using some of these strategies. Connect with me on my my website, www.quantifyllc.net. Uh, grab some merch. Again, don't forget to hit subscribe and share. I appreciate you guys. Peace.